0: Support for the Couples' Council comes from Mercier Wellness and Consulting. Their purpose is to equip you with the right skills for a happy and healthy relationship. Services available in office or virtual, schedule your consultation now. For more information, visit mercierwellness.com. Mercier Wellness and Consulting, small steps, big changes.
1: This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. Please consult a licensed professional for your mental health needs.
0: Now, now on, on with, with the, the show. show.
1: Hello and welcome to the Couples' Council. My name is Dr. Jameson Mercier. And
0: I'm Herdeen Mercier.
1: And today we're continuing our conversation. I hope you learned some things from our last show. On today's show, we're kind of flipping the script a little bit. Just a little. Yeah.
0: Because, you know, we believe before we get into the meat and...
1: Potatoes.
0: Yes. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of our mission, our main mission, you got to know who the hosts are
1: yeah yeah so so
0: we're taking some time out in the first two episodes to give you some backdrop of who we are so that you can really understand what our mission is about
1: which means now you get to hear all about me
0: yeah my baby my boo so you'll figure out why i selected him to be my husband my life partner my love making machine
1: yeah she says it like (laughs) i had no say in the (laughs) matter
0: But I had to say yes.
1: This is true.
0: So. Only um, because I asked. (laughs) I guess. Mm -hmm. And why I um, interviewed him to be the father of my kids. Because that was important to me. And so we'll get to talk about that a little bit more. But if you want to hear more details about that, make sure you go back to our first episode. Mm Mm-hmm and what that means. So Dr. Jameson Mercier, let's talk about the love mender. Let's talk about Manfident and why you created it. We want to hear from you. But before we get into that, who are you?
1: Well, I I like to think I'm a pretty simple guy. But a lot of people tell me I'm not who knows. Ever since I was small, I, I've been the kind of person to ask a lot of questions um
0: Inquisitive.
1: I think so. You I
0: still ask a lot of questions. Yes. It could get annoying.
1: Questions are necessary. Yes. I've always been someone to not be so quick to make these kinds of snap judgments. Um so I'd be the one to say, Hey guys, hey, to be fair, you know, let's look at everything. Like what really happened here? That is true. Even as a kid when we played, we get into fights. You know, I I, I I, never chose sides. Mm. So whether that came from being born in Haiti or being born or being raised in Haiti, I don't know.
0: Or your life experiences.
1: Yeah, yeah, I suppose. So like you may already know, I was born in Haiti. And in my mind, in my memory, I, I didn't meet my parents till I was seven. My parents will tell you that they came back and forth. hmm But since I have no recollection, it didn't happen.
0: (laughs) It doesn't mean it didn't happen. You just don't remember. I have
1: no recollection. Mm -hmm. And so I think even so, that experience as a kid really did a lot to shape my upbringing. Even when we talk about it, I recognize in hindsight not having those formative years. With your parents. Yeah, to bond. Mm -hmm. um, That was big. And so at seven, when I was reunited with them, my dad died two years later. That left my mother raising the three of us. My so let
0: me ask you, what effects do you think that had on you and meeting your dad at eight, seven, two years later, him passing away? Um, what effect do you think that had on you with becoming a husband or becoming a father?
1: Well, that was big. That was big. And I didn't realize how big that was until we started talking about having our own kids and be, me becoming a father.
0: Okay, so let me get the listeners some backdrop on that. Um, we were married probably six months into our marriage. I said to Jay, you know, I'm ready to become a mother. And I remember this just shock look. Like, what do you mean you're ready to become? Like, I'm ready to get pregnant and become a mother. Mm. And he looked Mind at you. We'd
1: already said we're gonna wait a year, I maybe know. two years. Uh huh. I don't know what Oprah <laughs> episode he was watching.
0: Well, the baby bug bit me, and I went to him, and I'm like, I'm ready to start a family. And he literally looked at me and said, I don't know. I'm not ready. And I'm like, What mm-hmm. you mean? You didn't say that before we got married. No man. And, and it was it was such an intense moment Jay you even cried yeah. it was you were like what do you mean you, wanna a, yeah, you no, want to be you want me to be a father what do you mean you want me to be a father yeah,
1: I, I, I i knew I was a husband and I knew somewhere down the line kids would come but in that moment i I just was not ready to be a dad I didn't want to even think about it
0: I know like even the thought of you me asking it broke brought up something
1: yeah yeah because so i didn't grow up with my dad Mm -hmm. and and i didn't know what being a dad meant what it was all about i had i grew up essentially with no model or example of what a father was
0: yeah because your dad was the only male
1: yeah my mom never dated never remarried Mm -hmm. um yeah, you got guys around who you think are cool and all, but I, I honestly was the kind of kid. I'm like, yeah, no, that that dude, he's stupid. No. <laughs> yeah, I didn't just I didn't just follow anybody. Uh-huh. So I had no role model. And then I remember as a teenager, like I was an angry teenager.
0: Yeah, you were.
1: And I'd get into fights. I'd fuss and cuss. And that was because, again, I had no positive role model, male figure. Um, and so I had to figure it out. And so now that I kind of figured out who I was, now you're telling me you wanna you want me to be a dad, and I hadn't gone that far.
0: Mm. And I think it took you a couple of days to come back and say I'm I'm um, I I think I'm ready.
1: Yeah, I had I had to sit and think about that. And I mean, I knew it was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not like I could avoid you, you know. Mm-mm. So. You press the conversation and it, this is all in hindsight that I realize all of this. That that was big for me.
0: It was really, really big. And, and when you said yes, we got to working and one month later I was pregnant with trio. Yeah,
1: fertile myrtle. <laughs> fertile myrtle.
0: Fertile myrtle. So, and looking at that and looking at, okay, here you are, seven-year-old, your dad dies at nine. Now you have to kind of figure out being a man on your own because you're saying that you did not have anyone to model what manhood looked for you. Yeah. How did it come about in you being such an amazing husband and you being such um, an amazing father? Where did you get that wisdom
1: from? You know what I I realized um, in my late teens and I guess early adulthood. So 19... 20 maybe, that I was really kind of messed up by the fact that I didn't have my father in my life or a male figure, Mm. right? So no uncles, Mm -hmm. no grandpas, no nothing. Well, maybe my grandpa was around for a little bit, but not like a dad, you know what I mean? And realizing how important that was for me, not having a dad, how it formed me, I said, you know, when I have kids, I'm going to make sure that they know their father. I'm so, gonna- you,
0: so in my episode, I talked about how I planned out my love story. You did that, too, but it, it's just different.
1: Yeah, I don't know that I was as aware or as mm-hmm. uh, on it like that. Mm-hmm. As a seven-year-old, I definitely was not planning to be married.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was not thinking no, no. Like no. That. I'm
0: not talking about in your teens, though.
1: I just remember mm-hmm. how I, the big void mm. that my dad left when he died. Mm-hmm. And so that followed me from when I was 9 to 19, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And even beyond that, you know. And I just didn't want that for my kids. They were going to know me. We'd play. We'd joke. Um, and that's why being a stay-at-home dad for those years was not a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, Okay. Here's my shot. This isn't what I was thinking when I said they're going to know me, but hell, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I made sure that the kids knew me, my jokes, they get my sense of humor. They get you. So They it, are you. Yeah, they, they, they me. <laughs> <you> know, <walking laughs> they are around. you. Oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah. are
0: you. So, honey, did it follow you any further beyond your teenage years?
1: Uh, not having my dad around? Mm-hmm. You know what? It did because... Um, When the time came, like, for example, for me to go to college, Mm -hmm. right? I didn't want to go to college.
0: Which Uh, is shocking to me.
1: Yeah, no, the idea of college, one, it scared me. Mm -hmm. And I just.
0: Oh, and you're the first. I was the first. Yeah.
1: I was the first. And uh, my mom, again, God bless her. She did all that she could, you know, holding down multiple jobs for my brother and sister and me. But. She just didn't really understand the system, the university system. And I recognize that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to put that burden on her. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't going to go to college. But being the Haitian mom she is, she was like, Oh, hell no, you go going to college. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you Well, I wanted,
0: wanted to join. I want to join the
1: Navy. Mm-hmm. She's like, Nope, not signing anything. Yep. And I was like, Well, let me just wait till I'm old enough to go by myself. Mm-hmm. And she's like, You're not going to sit around and do nothing. So. She pushed me. She pushed me to go to college. But the thing about college is, so I felt totally unprepared. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just trying to get through high school, get out, go work, or go to the military. So I didn't do any of the prep stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. I didn't
1: look into any scholarships. I didn't apply anywhere. Mm -hmm. And that goes, again, goes to show that my mom just didn't know because... In your senior year, if you're not ready for college, like it's kind of too late by then. Mm -hmm. So my mom didn't know that, but she knew she wanted me to go to college. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going to junior college, Mm -hmm. which ain't nothing wrong with junior college. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I struggled. Mm -hmm. I struggled. It took me three years to finish a two-year degree. I mean, and the reason for that is because I failed the first year.
0: It's not because you couldn't it wasn't that place of you were confused you couldn't get your bearing. Well, what was it?
1: Well yeah, I was confused because nobody I knew no one before me could tell me anything about college mm-hmm. and then I could ask my mom but she don't know mm-hmm. my brother and sister they don't know nothing about what about my situation mm-hmm. and maybe there was an element of pride. Cause there were classes I just sat in the whole semester and I didn't say nothing to nobody.
0: Wow!
1: I was I was that student who was in class every week and still failed.
0: <laughs> I can't do. <deal> <laughs> that was me.
1: That was me. I was a good student. You, <laughs> <laughs> you were I, present, but I failed
0: <laughs> with no activity. <laughs> I
1: failed, man. And so I didn't know what I know now. Mm-hmm. And and I guess I could use the excuse that nowadays there's so much out there. Um, but the information was out there for me too. I just didn't tap into it.
0: You just didn't tap
1: into it. You know? But I
0: would tell you, there's something about us first generations that are going into college. Like nowadays, like our little cousins, they can come to us, you know, yeah, our yeah. siblings, they can come to us. But for us that was going in, this is our first, you know, right?
1: No, we didn't have the so, kind of access. No,
0: we did not
1: to the information that they do now.
0: But, honey, you figured it out and you made it through.
1: Yeah. You know, eventually, like, what ended up happening is I transferred campuses and I started asking questions. Yeah. The power of asking questions. Yeah. It it taught me that I don't know is unacceptable. That's true. People just need to learn to ask and seek out the help that they need.
0: Is that why you ask so many questions now?
1: I think so, because not asking questions is expensive.
0: It's true. You know? That's, but you pay that stupid tax oh, when you man. don't ask questions. Yeah,
1: I call it tuition over and over again. Mm-hmm. After stumbling through all of that, I realized, you know what? College ain't too bad. And I wanted to go into counseling. And uh, after going through and finishing undergrad and going to USF Tampa, we came back and did our master's, which, you know, it sounds like we just did it. But, you know, we struggled through it a bit. <laughs>
0: College students.
1: We we you know, not just that you know our parents again. They just like seeing more and more degrees. You know, (laughs) it's like the more you collect, the better it is. Yes, keep going, keep going is what they would say. Kembla. Yeah, keep going.
0: So you got your bachelor's and and your master's in social work, and we built this house in Tampa. Why then now you decided that hey, let me get this Ph.D. in marriage and family therapy.
1: So in social work, we did a lot of uh, case management and social welfare. And soon into that, it dawned on me that child welfare and the social welfare, so the programs and food stamps and those programs came in too late, you know? So by the time, as, as a case manager, I'm coming into your house and I have to remove your kid because you're fighting with your Domestic husband violence is involved. because you know how oh, there's drugs or whatever the case is that's too late mm-hmm. not too late for any kind of redemption but you should have been getting services before
0: mm-hmm. and when you say services what type of services any are kind you, of services counting about
1: counseling um some kind of intervention anything. anything you should have been talking to someone Way before this. Because now we're, we, ha- we have to use different interventions. Mm-hmm. And so that's when it dawned on me that... I didn't want to work with the family who was being referred to me... Because their kid was hurt because of child abuse. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to work with families and couples... Who have not gotten to that point yet. Yeah. You know, where we can prevent some major... Uh, major damage from occurring. Mm-hmm. You know? That's when... I was like, you know, let me specialize in families, you know, and that was when, you know, we decided, I decided and you agreed, Mm -hmm. uh, you know. Because I was
0: being a good wife.
1: Yeah. We'll go back, come back and I'll go get my PhD. Come back to South Florida
0: and get your PhD. Right, right, right. And boy, oh boy, did we learn that we were meant for each other.
1: Yeah, no, we struggled through that. Mm -hmm. We really did. We had to live with my mom for a little bit. Yep. and when you have a, a new marriage and a new baby, mm-hmm. and then you're living with the in-laws, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough. But uh, we made it through that, and we, had, we bounced around a bit.
0: We bounced around. A couple of different
1: apartments. Yes. You know?
0: But I will tell you this. In all of this, you know, when you see yourself go through the struggles, like we had our lights turn off.
1: Yeah, we've um,
0: had a car repoed.
1: Yeah, we got it back though.
0: We got it back. <laughs> yes. And we and I still drive it with so much pride. Yep. Cuz we paid it off and I'm so excited. Can't,
1: can't nobody take it now.
0: So we've been through it as a couple.
1: Yeah, we struggled some.
0: We struggled some and we and we made it through and that's what we want for other couples to see. No couple is perfect.
1: No. But no. you
0: do need the tools and the necessary steps on Overcoming whatever hurdle you're dealing with in that season.
1: Yeah, I think one of the key things for us was that we talked a lot. Yeah. And, and I mean I'm a big communicator. You are. I'm big on making sure that you hear me. And after you hear me, I'm gonna ask you if you understand.
0: And I hate it. I'm like, I get you, girl. And, right.
1: And then you tell me that and I'm saying, Do you have any questions? <laughs> No questions? Any concerns about anything I just said? Because if you have concerns, questions, if you don't quite get it and you don't tell me, Mm -hmm. we're going to trip over it next week.
0: Yeah. Because it's going to come back up.
1: It always comes back up.
0: It always comes back up. But I want to go into... Yes, you're, you're, you graduated, you're Dr. Jameson Mercier, you're a licensed clinical social worker. That was a journey. You missed on some opportunities. Let's just kind of go there. And, mm-hmm. and, and preparing for greatness and dealing with all the stuff that comes with it that seems like it's trying to stop you. Yeah. But it's actually building you.
1: No, it did. You know, in my program, I'll be the first to tell you, I dealt with some depression while I was going through my program. hmm because we had some challenges financially. Uh, I was even bringing Azriel to school with me. Yes, you were. In the, in the carrier. And I'd put her under the desk while she slept and try to focus. I remember one day I'm sitting there trying to focus on the lecture. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell? I was in another world. Because mm-hmm. um, all I can think about was here I am. In school with the baby, no money. I knew I'm running out of money, like next semester,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we did. I, I I had to sit out a year,
0: yeah.
1: You know, while I get my money straight, but it was a struggle. It but was, we
0: persevered. No,
1: and we had to. You know, and, we had to. And I'm to. not
0: saying by any, it was easy, you know, we're just dancing through the flowers in the garden. Hell, no, we went through hell and water to get that degree. Yeah,
1: no, we had to. And, we, I mean, we say we moved around a lot. I think we moved not because we wanted to. We moved because we had to.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay, when
1: they when they raising the rent, Mm-hmm. you know, either you pay it or you get out. Yeah. So... We um. But
0: the the beauty of this is it developed so much. Like for me, my dark spot developed wifehoodness, mm. and in your period, you were develop were able to d- develop Manfident. And then the m- manifesto is what I love about your Manfident brand.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You want to talk about that?
1: So, my PhD at the time focused on fathers. And I did some research on fathers, black fathers specifically. And I got to learn a lot about dads and men in general. And one thing I learned is that as a society, we don't know jack squat about men. Mm -hmm. Yet we continue to have all these expectations about men and manhood. And then we take those crazy expectations and put them on fatherhood. And now we just got men all kind of confused and just trying to figure out, wait a minute, what exactly are you asking me to do? Mm -hmm. You know? And so what that creates in a lot of men and fathers is this lack of confidence because they never really know what's expected Mm -hmm. um, because it's always changing. Mm -hmm. Your mom wants something. Your wife wants something else. Your neighbor thinks you're something else. And
0: then society wants And society
1: to. is telling you one thing. And then mm-hmm. it depends which side of society.
0: That is true.
1: You know what I mean? So the conversation I have about men and manhood, yeah, it's all about man Because what it's done to men, the first thing, it, it, it makes men look at manhood like it's a contest, you know? Like being a man means you either have to have the biggest... The baddest, the mm-hmm. most, mm-hmm. you know the what biggest I mean? muscles. Yeah, you got to be the strongest guy. Mm-hmm. You got to have the baddest girl, mm-hmm. the most kids.
0: Yeah, in some cases, yeah, that's how people define what manhood how, is. How or, many
1: girls you sleep with? Yeah, yeah, you got a wife, but how many girls you got on the side? Yeah, you know, that's not what manhood's about. Mm-hmm. It's not about. This that. is good, honey. It's not about that. Mm-hmm. So the other thing. Um, In the manifesto is that a lot of men are taught to hold back on their emotions. Mm -hmm. The only emotion men are able to express is anger. If you're an angry man, then you're good. You're normal. But if you're a man and you're sensitive, two things. Then you're gay Mm -hmm. or something else is wrong with you.
0: Which is all wrong.
1: Completely wrong. And nothing against gay men. Mm -hmm. um, Nothing against sensitive men. Mm -mm. But as a man, you're allowed to be happy, be sad, mm-hmm. miss your kids, mm-hmm. cry for your kids when they leave in the morning for school. Mm-hmm. Um, but society won't allow men to feel that. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: it's strange for them.
1: Oh, totally strange. And and, and you know, again. Uh, one other thing: when we say to men, you know, be a man. Hey, be a man. We not only say to men, but we also say this to boys, Mm -hmm. little boys. Mm -hmm. I even hear girls say to each other, man up.
0: What does that mean?
1: I'm still trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. But when you tell a man to be a man, you need to realize how offensive that is.
0: Mm. Come on, somebody.
1: You got to realize that. And I've been told that by other people. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking like by my homeboys. I've had women tell me, be a man. Women I respect. And
0: in what instance are they telling you? Give me an example where they're like, I, be a so, man. So
1: the clearest one that comes to mind, one lady, uh, older lady, uh, I was having a situation with a with a professor mm-hmm. and something happened and I, I recognized it was unfair mm-hmm. and I was going to deal with it in my way. hmm But she was like, hey, you got to do something. You can't just let this happen. You know, be a man. (laughs) And I'm like, what the hell? Like, Mm -hmm. who says I wasn't? Mm -hmm. Just because I'm not like beating my chest, running Mm. around, punching holes. In the wall. And I was like, you know what? She's coming from a a good place. So I'm Mm -hmm. not going to. I'm going to leave that alone. But let's not do that to men. Right. Next. Uh, from the Manfident Manifesto is this idea that we think all, all men need is sex.
0: Now this is a good one.
1: Not that men don't like sex or don't want sex, but that is not all men need.
0: That is true. Cause I spend some times at my barber shop, and you know I get to hear the men conversations going in, and I'm getting the exclusive of the inside of men and what they think about, and what I've learned, and just talking to you, honey, and talking to other men is that they do want more than sex. They want to be celebrated. Yeah. And and when the men would tell me, man, if I was married to you, I, there was no way because I celebrate you.
1: Yes, you do. You I do. And so you do. We
0: have to re- recognize and, I, and it comes a lot up in sessions. You know, do you love your husband? Yes, we have sex. Yeah baby it's no. more than just having yeah. sex you, i mean i mean men
1: want to be held sometimes yes men want to be pursued sometime mm-hmm. the things you think that are corny that your man won't appreciate do it anyways yeah
0: like bring the flowers i do
1: do yeah you do you know do it anyways you open know? the
0: door for him i do
1: men have needs beyond sex now if that's what you tell him if that's all y'all have, then that's what it'll always be. Mm-hmm. But trust me, there's more. And lastly, men need to believe and understand that they are an anchor for their family. Mm. And why I included this one in particular is I don't think men understand that. A lot of men leave, abandon, mm-hmm. live away from their kids, their they family. They didn't have an example. They didn't. They just didn't know. They didn't think it's important
0: are afraid to ask
1: and men need to understand that you are an anchor Mm. you hold it down even between you and i sometimes Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's big sometimes it's small but you you look at me and you're like babe what are we gonna do Mm -hmm. and i understand that you need me there in that moment i may not have a solution
0: (laughs) but we'll figure it out together
1: you may already know what you want to do but we got to go through it and I got to say, okay, what happened? And you got to talk it out. Mm-hmm. With the kids that I work with, mm-hmm. a lot of them live in homes where they don't know who their father is. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have not met their fathers or they used to know their dad and now their dad's just kind of away from them. Mm-hmm. And these kids are struggling. These
0: and when you say struggling, like a struggling emotionally? All, listen,
1: in all aspects of the word, their grades are suffering. Uh, they're acting out.
0: Attendance issues. Right,
1: so they're skipping class um, or they're fighting. A lot of the juvenile issues, the delinquency. In a lot of cases, you find these homes are headed by moms. Not, single moms.
0: but not to say that single moms, oh are no, doing no, their no, job. not
1: at all, not at all. This because is again, you were raised by I, a single that's what mom. I was about to say. My mom held it down. Mm-hmm. Now, it's because no matter how good of a mom you have, mm-hmm. there is a void when your father's not there to hold you down. It's true. Kids are impulsive, mm-hmm. no matter how gifted your kid is, he <laughs> is still a kid, <laughs> right? Your teenager can make straight A's. But he's gonna come home and try to like swing on the ceiling fan, Mm -hmm. and you're gonna say, "How are you a straight A student?" (laughs) But you thought that was bright. That's what kids do. Yeah, you know. I
0: mean, they're. I would just say they're willing. They're willing to try. They live on the side of risk.
1: I mean, yeah. So their brains are not fully developed. They don't. They don't Mm -hmm. know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, I try to get it across to men that your kids, your family. Your community needs you, Needs you. even when you feel like they don't, mm-hmm. even when they tell you they don't need you, but
0: they do, they
1: need you. Your kids will push you away because they're hurting, mm-hmm. but your job is to be there for them. Mm-hmm. No matter what she says, especially for girls, mm-hmm. I, 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 boys too, but girls,
0: I think both
1: your kids will push you away mm-hmm. and you got to almost be deaf to that. And continue to hug them, continue to love on them.
0: And where do you think you got that from? Because dad was gone for you.
1: I needed that.
0: So you know exactly what a boy needs?
1: I I knew what a child needs. I knew what I needed. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to think that I was not that much different. Mm -hmm. I can, well, maybe a little different because I was an immigrant Mm -hmm. and I had unique issues that immigrant kids have you know assimilating adapting trying to fit in mm-hmm. i didn't have anybody to tell me that i was fine the way i am mm-hmm. be the little haitian boy who cares let them talk about you i was trying to be the, like the cool kids mm-hmm. my confidence was nowhere near where it should have been or I needed it to be at the time mm-hmm. um, and kids need their dads to right. help build that confidence
0: yeah. Any situation where they can have both parents, and that's why it's so important and vital that you know who you are as a wife or you know who you are as an individual, a mom. Once you love you, it's so much easier to love anybody else Mm -hmm. and kind of teach them the right path. I agree. By modeling it.
1: Now, if your dad's not in the picture, that isn't to say you're doomed. No. You know, because there are situations where there's an uncle a brother, even a neighbor who is a great role model, someone who steps in and fills the gap for you. Listen, kudos to you. And by all means, you are blessed. But there are those who don't have it. And as a matter of fact, if you can be that person who fills the gap for the kids who don't have it, please find a way to do that.
0: Like go out, like find a group find a mothers group find a fathers group you, there are different groups out there to support you in making sure that your child is well-rounded. Yeah. Well-rounded.
1: Yeah, you actually don't even have to go that far. Mm-hmm. You know, chances are you work with someone who's either a single mom or a single mm-hmm. parent or in your church mm-hmm. or your neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know, there are lots of situations where you can be an anchor for a family, I mean, for the community. Mm-hmm.
0: But you know, you got to be careful and vet them too. Just well, not. yeah. You yeah. got to do that. You yeah. got to do that because we don't want a, um, that to turn out real ugly.
1: No, that goes without saying.
0: Yeah. And so, and I just love your man-fitted manifesto. And I'm just going to quickly kind of recap them. Sure. So it's number one, manhood is not a contest. Number two, I have emotions beyond anger. Number three, be a man is offensive. Number four, I have needs beyond sex. And number five, I am an anchor for my family. I am man I mm-hmm. just love that. Yeah. It kind of tells you in a nutshell everything that um you want to model for your son, our son, Jason.
1: Yeah, you yeah. Know?
0: And I'll tell you this, Jason is always prepared you know, proposing to me, he's like, Mom, will you marry me? <laughs> or he's bringing me flowers or he's doing things that he actually sees his father does for me. And I and I thank you mm. for being that example. And as we prepare him and to his manfident um, yeah future.
1: Yeah, Jason's cool.
0: Yeah, he is. And so you have a lot of people that are watching you as a husband or watching us as a couple, and they're saying if it can happen for them, it can happen for us.
1: And that's the message we always give mm-hmm. with the right skills, mm-hmm. with a little bit of information. Yes. You know, we're fortunate in that we study this. Um, we've devoted years, yes, countless hours to um, researching and just figuring out what works, not everyone has that. Not everybody has that. You know, and so... But you can
0: direct them to our podcast, the Couples Council.
1: Yeah, whenever we're able to be a resource for people, we jump at the chance. So, honey,
0: we have the private practice. We see individuals. We see couples. We see families. Mm -hmm. For you, did you see this would be the end result? Did you see this happening?
1: You know what? That's actually... A really good question. And the simple answer is no.
0: Mm.
1: Simple answer is no. I didn't see any of this happening. There was actually a point in time where, and I think yeah, you would know this, I was trying to move us out of Florida.
0: Yes, we were going to live in Alaska. Lord we, Jesus, we, help me. Uh,
1: we were going to move to Anchorage, Alaska, so I can work for the VA mm-hmm. as a social worker well because things just weren't working out that that was around the time that the car got repoed. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and just for example just to show you how down in the dumps i was around that time um i wasn't licensed yet but i was working a community based agency mm-hmm. and i got a call from a colleague mm-hmm. who told me that a show on uh, on BET mm-hmm. Was looking for a male counselor, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Yo, that's what's up." Tell him I'm down, and I, I didn't even ask what the show was. Mm-hmm. I just it didn't I it didn't matter to me. Yeah, and so she came. She called me back and she says, "So you have your license, right?" And I'm like, "Ah, uh, license. Well, I'm registered. Mm-hmm. The state knows I'm around, <laughs> so that should be good enough." She says, okay, cool, I'll tell them. A day pass, I don't hear nothing. Mm-hmm. Two days pass, I don't hear nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn. Now on day three, I, said, I call her and I said, hey, listen, you know, I'm just waiting for you to tell me when and where. And she's like, oh, you know, I meant to call you. <laughs> yeah, they said because you didn't have your license, it wasn't going to happen yeah. because of liability issues.
0: But I'll tell you this: God was giving you a sneak peek into your future.
1: That devastated me. I ain't I, seen no God at that I know, point. Man. I know, I was I, like,
0: these don't they know my car just man. got refilled? I need that big break. <laughs> man, I
1: was like, oh no, uh, 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 uh. And so in that season, like, I quit my job. I quit that job, mm-hmm. and I and I went hard with becoming licensed and, and and getting that going because that you know what
0: that's the beauty in hearing no sometimes
1: yeah you're right but see in the at the time you don't know that that's true you do not know that i even remember before having a space right i was running the business out my car and i was charging people thirty dollars i would drive to your house see you and you'd only have to pay me thirty dollars driving a little honda civic at the time and then some people had the nerve to give you a bad check so i was like man this is crazy this ain't worth it Mm -hmm. and i was trying to move us to alaska somewhere anywhere i think alaska new mexico some of these just small places nobody wants to live really
0: boy i was doing some praying and
1: and i must have tried to get into the va for like six seven eight nine months and it's funny because one time I got a call for an interview. We did the interview. And then I got a call the next day where they told me no. Mm-hmm. And I had to say, listen, man, I need to know what's going on here because I keep having these good interviews mm-hmm. and and I don't know why. Nothing's mm-hmm. panning out. Mm-hmm. And the guy says, so I, I'm not at liberty to, t- to say, And I said, listen, you got to tell me something, because unless I know what I'm doing wrong, he says, all I can say is check your paperwork, check my paperwork. So I went back and there was one sheet of paper that the date was expired. And I'd been using that same date on every application.
0: The date was expired.
1: When you apply for federal jobs, dates expire and you need to renew certain forms. And so I guess they was like, this guy can't even turn in the paperwork, right? Or there's nothing they can do. So I said, so I called them back when I realized that. And they were like, well, no, we've already closed the position. I was mad at God. I was mad because that was supposed to be what saved us. Mm -hmm. Secure job, benefits, retirement. Mm -hmm. Who cares if we had to move, you know, Louisiana, Mm -hmm. Alaska, we'd be fine but that was not in the plan
0: it wasn't in the plan but i also it it helps us connect those these experiences where our lights were cut off like we're repoed like mm-hmm. i want people to know that couples have these
1: issues oh uh, yeah we went through it
0: and you can make it and i just i cannot reiterate this enough Spend time during the hard times loving on each other, having communication, speaking the truth, not using harsh words, and building that team of, okay, baby, we're going to make it.
1: Yeah, I always tell couples, your partner is not the problem. The, the problem, problem
0: is the problem. Yeah.
1: The problem is the problem. Don't turn against each other. Turn to each other. Yeah. You know, and that's one thing we've been able to do. And, you know, you mentioned lights being cut off. That day, the lights was cut off. I actually was there. As I pulled into the driveway, the dude was leaving. Mm. And I was like, damn it. I just had that sinking feeling. Mm-hmm. And so that morning, I knew you was at work. hmm and I was like, I ain't going to tell you why you at work. <laughs> oh, no way. Uh-uh.
0: I was working and we were still counting our yeah, pennies.
1: Yeah, no, working poor. hmm And I said, okay. So I saw the notice and I, fi- I, I quickly figured out where I can scrounge up some money to go get the lights paid. hmm But by the time I paid, the guy had already left so they wouldn't be back to turn it on until the next, next day. day. So at least I could tell you that story. <laughs> right? At least I could say they're off now, but they're going to be on tomorrow.
0: Yeah. And but as a man, it had to be hard for you.
1: Oh, that was terrible. That was terrible. Here I am. I got my family in the dark. With uh,
0: your master's degree. You know, you did everything. You you went to college. You did everything that man, you said you would do. You would protect I got, us. I to got the a best. business. Yeah. I like,
1: you know, if you don't know, everything looks like they should be okay. Mm. And it's like, man, here we are with the lights cut off. So then the kids come home, and they're trying to turn the lights on. And they're like, Daddy, the light's not working. And like, that's right. Well, guess what we're doing? We're camping inside.
0: <laughs> and they were like 4 or 5 at the time. Oh, so. yeah.
1: And they had a blast. I said, <laughs> we're all sleeping in the living room today. Yeah. And, you know.
0: And we made it work. We
1: made it work. And um, we stuck together.
0: You know, in sticking together, I would tell you, um, when I look at you, when I see you, you do represent your brand, Manfident. Mm. Because for me, as a wife, um, knowing that you had a master's degree, and yet you still took jobs delivering newspapers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You still became the delivery. And this is why I eat sushi to this day. I eat sushi because of my husband. Not raw sushi. They have to bake it and cook it some kind of way for me, tempura style. But I eat that because he introduced it to me because he found a job delivering sushi.
1: Got to do what you got to do.
0: And and you represent your brand for me. And I just want to thank you. For never being ashamed to do what you have to do to Mm -hmm. provide for your family. No, you can't You didn't have an ego where like, I have my master's. I'm working on my PhD. Mm
1: -hmm. Like,
0: you did what Mm -hmm. you had to do to provide for us. And I love you and and I appreciate you for that.
1: Thank you, babe.
0: And so, the first two episodes, wanted you to actually get to know me, Herdine Mercier, a.k.a. The Wife Mentor. And this is the episode where we actually... You got some insight on who Dr. J is. Who was Dr. Jameson Mercier mm-hmm. um, and how his story came about. And I think that's always important when we work with families. You got to know who we are and what's our mission and, and why we're so passionate about telling you, boo, your lights cut off. Y'all survive that.
1: You'll be all right.
0: You'll be all right. What's the game plan? And getting y'all to where you need to be. Yeah. And so it's it's being a team. It's looking at each other and saying, we can survive this. And once we get on, on the other side of it, it's going to be amazing.
1: Yeah, that's true. I like to remind couples that all they got to do is hold on to each other. Mm-hmm. Because if they knew what I know. Yeah. You know, if only they know what I know. Yeah. So this, is fun. This, this has been fun. This has been fun. Really good. Yeah, this is uh, that's our time for this episode.
0: Yeah.
1: If you gained anything from this, we'd like we want to know. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. Let us know. All right, we want to hear from you. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook. the
0: wife mentor and Dr. James and Mercier. Yeah,
1: wherever it is you're hearing this podcast, we wanna know. All right. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time on the next episode of
0: The Couples Council.
1: Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to our mom and dad. If you like them as much as we do, then click subscribe and leave a comment. But now they have to go because it's family time. So go practice what you heard, and we'll catch you on the next episode.